How does God redesign a life? We're going to be talking about that today on Walk It Out. And I am talking with one of my wonderful friends, real life friends. We chat on the phone, even though she lives in the East Coast and I live in Arkansas, but I just love my friend Tracy still. But before we jump into that conversation, I want to talk about redesigning life and what that means to each of us. Now, as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, um, I was a teen mom. Um, If you don't know that, if you haven't listened before, well, there you go. (laughs) I was a teen mom. I was 17 when I had my oldest son, and I prayed for a future husband. God gave me John. We had two more kids, and God was really, really redesigning my life right there from the moment I said, "Um, here I am take me, use me, do what you will. I knew my life was a mess. I didn't know where I'd go, what I would do, but God gave me hope. Now, fast forward uh, about four years and I was pregnant with our third. Um, I had Corey and then we had Leslie and I was pregnant with Nathan. Of course, I didn't know it was going to be Nathan during that time, but it was during that year that God gave me the desire to write. And so that year, my friend Cindy and I went to the Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference. I was eight and a half months pregnant, getting ready to have my third baby, and I was 22 years old. And there I was at Mount Hermon saying, I want to be a Christian writer. I believe that God has good plans for me. I want to do all the things, write all the books. And then uh, reality hit. It took me a while to get anything published. But the amazing thing was that there were women there who believed in me. There was um, authors there, professional writers. There was editors. They sat down. I went to the workshops. And really, I mean, I was 22. I was pregnant with my third baby. I had only a high school diploma. But these women poured into me. They believed in my dream. They encouraged me. They inspired me. I went home, kept going, connected with other writers through the years, um, formed prayer groups. We would pray and encourage each other. And here I was, just this little early, in my early 20s, young woman um, that had this dream and other people poured into me. And I was thinking about that today as I thought about my friend Tracy. Now, this is her first book, um, A Redesigned Life, Uncovering God's Purpose When Life Doesn't Go As Planned. Tracy, as you will hear, is a wife to um, a pilot who now works in the Pentagon. She is a mom of two kids, and it's a pretty fun story about how we went. I think you're going to enjoy it. But the amazing thing is, when I met Tracy, I saw that sparkle in her. I saw that she had a message that she loved people, that God was doing something with her. And so over the years, um, even as we, you know, got busy and we would always reconnect and I'd say, okay, Tracy, what about the book? What are you going to do? How is God using you? And just continuing to encourage her and point her to the right direction. I'm not the only one. Tracy has a a wonderful network of other friends who are writers, but I want to talk about that today before we jump in with this conversation, because I think so many times we um, hear other people's dreams and kind of like push them to the side, but we really should be cheerleaders. Now, I was a cheerleader. Um, Weed High, actually. No, really. It was a real place in Weed, California. Weed High. I was a cheerleader, and I was always cheering on the football team, and that is one of my favorite things to do, is to cheer for other people. Cheer for people like Tracy. When I see that God 
has such amazing plans for her and for her words and for her messages and for just the the story that of her life and that she wants to tell. I knew that Tracy had a book in her. I knew that God wanted to do something. I wanted to be there to cheer for her. Um, and I think it's so important for us to do that. We can just meet people. We can hear their dreams. We can just go on with our lives. But I want you to think about today someone that you can step forward, that you can encourage, that you can say, I see God is designing something in your life, something amazing. And I want to be a part of that. I want to be front row to see what he is going to do. And you never know how that's going to turn out. And I like feel like I'm a book grandma right now, maybe <laughs> seeing this uh, with Tracy's book and just holding it. I just have tears in my eyes, just knowing that, um, you know, we all need those to come alongside us. And I'm so thankful that God connected us and that I can be here to encourage Tracy and encourage other writers. And so you're going to love this conversation. But before we jump into that, I have one more thing. I love not only encouraging friends, real life friends like Tracy, but I want to encourage you. If you have a book in you, if you have uh, maybe other people that are saying, you need to write that down. You should be a writer. You share so many good things. If you have people calling you to speak at your mom's group and um, just calling you for advice, you have something to share. And I want to be there to encourage you just like Tracy. Now, you may not be able to come over to my house and uh, have a little birthday party there like Tracy did, but I want to be on the sidelines cheering you on. And so um, I would love to encourage you to check out writethatbook.club. There will be something in the show notes that will have links to writethatbook.club. It is just a landing page that takes you to a private subscription group. Now, so many times I get asked, please, will you just help mentor me? Or I don't know what to do. Or who do I contact? Or I have something written. What do I do next? Or this book proposal thing, what does that mean? I want to be there to encourage you. So what Write That Book is, is a private subscription group on Facebook. Um, it's a paid group. You come, you pay a monthly fee. You get advice from me, video teaching, worksheets. But every week there's between three to five experts, writers, editors, um, agents, marketing people, publicists that are there doing live videos for an hour. We call it the office hours and they will share their tips, their best tips. They will answer your questions. Even on the Facebook live video, you could post questions to ask what about what their topic is and you can connect I love this group. I love this community. We are just supporting each other. I've seen um, God already doing things in the men and women that are in the group, mostly women, but we will welcome in guys too. And I would love to be there to encourage you. So as you think about Tracy's story and hear that, you know, this wasn't an easy path, but God had a plan for her. God had a plan for this book that she has. And if God has a desire for you to write, consider that step forward, take those steps of faith. I would love to be part of that. Again, we're going to put the information in the show notes, but right now I just want to share this conversation with my friend, Tracy. You're listening to walk it out with Trisha Goyer where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. 
it's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. I always love it in this podcast when I get to introduce you to some of my real life friends. And this is one of my real life friends. So welcome, Tracy. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Okay, so just take a minute and introduce yourself to my audience. Okay, well, my name is Tracy Steele, and I am a military spouse. We are currently stationed out at the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and I am a proud mama to two spirited kiddos, Jackson, who is my fifth grader, and Katie, who is my third grader. And as we're going to talk about today, um, I really thought that I was going to end up being a big-time interior designer, you know, owning my own design firm out in New York City, and then I met Jesus, and he changed everything. And so I like to say that he then called me into a different kind of interior design. And I've been doing youth and women's ministry ever since. I love that so much. And I love how you call your kids spirited. Yes. <laughs> I usually just say like strong willed, yeah. but spirited is a yeah. really good Let's term. Let's just say they love life and they love to challenge me. <laughs> I think at every turn about life. And so I think I've just said, okay, yep, they're spirited. And I'm very much like that. My husband is very strong willed. So when you put Chad and I together, Yep, you're going to have the Jack and Katie that we have. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, so we need to start by talking about how we met. Yes. Because um, I remember when I got this little, it was on Twitter. I think it was on Twitter. Yes, Twitter. Yeah, and you talked about moving to Little Rock. And I'm like, hey, welcome. Come to my church. <laughs> and, you know, at that time I had just started, I think, my first blog, Tricia. And so, you know, that's why I was on Twitter. So I was kind of trying to build that community. And then I saw, oh, look, here's this Trisha person who's also a writer. Now, I had no idea who you were, how many books you had written, but all I knew is that you were a writer. And so once you invited me to your church, I thought maybe I should check out who this Trisha Goyer person is. And then I got on your website and I about died because you are like a writer writer. And you had, I think at that time, like maybe 70,000 books. I know we probably, <laughs> <laughs> we probably crept, you know, it's different now, but back then, I was so intimidated because I was like, barely a writer like I had maybe posted a couple blog posts and I thought oh my gosh Chad like she's a real writer and then you invited us over to your house do you remember that when we came over I do okay mm -hmm. okay so this is the story I knew I wanted yes. to talk about yes. this because I invited you over and then you said well yes. it's actually my daughter's birthday yes. and we just moved here and we don't know anyone so could we just like bring some cupcakes and I'm like sure okay but then you tell the rest. <laughs> so, because, yeah, military family, we never have family around. And here was this, my little girl, you know, we had nobody to celebrate with, but here's this big time writer and we're over at Trisha's house and I'm wanting to impress her. Okay, y'all. So I told my two spirit babies <laughs> who at that time were, I think, two and four. Yeah, Kate was so, turning two. Yeah. She was turning two. Yeah, two and four. I said, we had a come to Jesus meeting and I was like, please do not embarrass me in front of this big time writer. And I told Chad, I was like, look, we need to be on our best behavior because she's a writer. And so we go over to Trisha's house, y'all, and I am just sweating. And I'm like, we have just got to impress her and all this stuff. So we're there, and I don't remember how long we were there. I mean, I think. But, but I need to interject. Okay. We had just adopted two more okay. kids, That's too. right. So it's like, I, I, like, we were a chaos, <laughs> chaotic mess. So you're yes. trying to impress us, and yes. I'm like, oh, my goodness. We had just, I mean, we've had them, like, 
week, I mean, weeks or a month, or I mean, we had just gotten two markets, so it it was a little chaotic. Yeah, there, you know, I didn't know that. And we come in, and Trish is beautiful. Her house is beautiful. All of the kids are beautiful. Everything is going great. We have a lovely conversation, some lovely dinner, and then the birthday girl, so my two-year-old daughter, decides to well, let's just put it this way, get sick all over Trisha's floor, her wood floor, <laughs> might I add. And I wanted to die. There's throw up everywhere. I mean, Trisha, Trisha cleaned it up, y'all. Like, I, <laughs> I wanted to die. So that's kind of how that first time went. And you know what? She was so gracious, as I know that you all know that she is. And she has still been my friend all of these years later and become a mentor to me, um, a counselor, a rock. And I, even though we chuckle, about that first night that I knew God had more uh, to our relationship than just that one dinner. Thank goodness, by the way. <laughs> it, it bonded us. Like we have this forever bond. <laughs> and every time I tell the story, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, but that's really what happens. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And, I, and then I remember just Chad and like all of a sudden him, him and I started yes. talking World War II and I'm like, yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this Chad. is so fun. Yeah, this is a great couple. Come on over again. He has his master's in World War II history. So all of your historical fiction books, those are our favorite. And you've done such a great job with a lot of the World War II um, era scenes. So we're a big fan. Yeah. The funny thing is, after I watched, what what movie was it? I'll call and talk to Chad. Like, what did you think? Or like, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which one. Ah. Oh, what was it? Anyway. Yeah. Because we had to like kind of get the right. let's get the scoop on what we didn't like about right. the movie because it wasn't historically <laughs> that accurate. Is true. That is true. Oh, so fun. Okay, but you talk about, um, you know, your husband who works at the Pentagon and these two kids, but I know there's a season in your life like when you even wondered if that was God's plan for you. Um, and I know, you know, talk about redesigning your life. You know, there's so much that right. um, looking back, we can say, oh, look what God did. This is amazing. But I want to go back first and talk about where, you know, before you even knew what God had in store and where you were and like, what were your thoughts about maybe what your future would look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I, I actually went to Kansas State University and graduated with a degree in interior design. And so from, you know, 1998 until about 2003, I was actually out in the corporate world designing offices for, um, you know, different clients, doing banks, doing hospitals. I did some residential as well. And that was really where my heart was. I mean, God has always just given me, um, you know, this creative creative part of who I am loves beauty. I love design. I love patterns and fabric and paint and creating these interior spaces for my client. I mean, it really brought me joy. I loved it. And so I started, cause again, I'm type A firstborn, you know, all that I, I, this is it, you know, I want to own my own design firm. I'm going to move to New York, you know, I'm going to make millions of dollars. I'm going to just be this like designing woman. Um, that's what I, my life is about. And then just through a series of events, I ended up going to a retreat and I met Jesus. So I was, you know, mid twenties now, late twenties when I first accepted Jesus to be my savior. And the more I started you know, reading his word, the more I fell in love with him, the more he just over time started to change those desires of my heart. And so one of the gals in one of my Bible studies, she had a heart for youth. And so she came up with this crazy idea, Tricia, that we were going to serve in the youth ministry at our church. And I told her, you have got to be out of your mind. Like I watch the news. I know what teenagers do. They're all on drugs and shooting people. And I'm no way I'm not doing <laughs> youth ministry. But that, that was how God started opening that door because she begged me to go interview, to be on staff. And so I went and I sort of maybe kind of lied to the youth pastor and said how excited I was about this just so I could, you know, help her with her 
her quote group of girls. And so I got a group of girls. I mean, this is so funny how God, um, you know, he's, he's a gracious God, is he not? Um, and so as I started working with those girls, though, I saw me. Tricia. Mm. I saw the 15-year-old me, the 14-year-old me, the 17-year-old me who was so lost and so lonely. So again, from my teen years into my 20s, I went looking for love and acceptance in all of the wrong places because no one stepped into my life to say, here's where your beauty comes from. Here's where your significance comes from, Tracy. And so I saw these teenage girls as little versions of me. And I wanted to help them do something different with their life than what I had done. And so that is when God started to flame that passion for ministry and the money and the Mercedes and owning my own design firm in New York. That all started to fade because I wanted to teach and disciple and mentor. And so fast forward a couple of years, uh, the youth pastor that I was interning under at Scottsdale Bible Church out there in Phoenix, Arizona, said, hey, we would really like to have you come on staff. We've got lots of uh, teen girls that are dealing with you know issues like cutting depression, suicide, you know, you name it. And we're all a bunch of dudes, you know, and we don't really know how to help, you know, these young girls. Um, and so I started to pray about it and I, you know, thought, okay, I'm going to step out in faith and see what happens. And that was it. I've never looked back. Um, yeah. I ended up going into seminary, completely half of a master's. And in 2005, I went on church staff full time and left the corporate world of design. And so, as I said, at the beginning, went into a different kind of interior design at that point. Yeah. And let's talk about this because, um, you know, when you are arranging fabric and yes, yes. cushions, I mean, yes. they do what you want. Like, right. they, right. exactly. they, um, you, you put, you paint the wall of color, okay. you put the pillow down, it stays there, yep. it looks great. Yep. Um, ministry. It's ministry totally is not so easy. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, so people are, are going to do what people are going to do. But every once in a while, God allowed me to see things that only he can do. That's the thing that's important to remember is that at the end of the day, mm -hmm. we are simply the ones who hang the wallpaper. We are simply the ones as writers and speakers now who hang words onto people's hearts. Amen. But it is the spirit of God who is the one that causes it to grow, that causes that fruit to bear forth in people's lives. And I had to learn that lesson. And, I, and now as my first book is coming out, I'm relearning that lesson, you know, that we are simply to do what God has called us to do. And then to release that, right, and trust him with the results of whatever kind of ministry. All of us listening are in different types of ministries. We're not all writers and speakers. You know, some of us are teachers or doctors or stay-at-home moms or whatever God has called us to do. But, yeah, when you're working with people like this, you just never know what's going to happen. And I've seen some heartache, but I've seen a lot of overcoming as well. And to get to see God do that in the lives of his children, as I say in the book, it just it captivates me. And, and it really does leave me speechless and I'm an extrovert. So that, that, that's, hard, that's a hard thing to do, as you know, my friend. Uh, but it's been awesome. And I'm humbled. I'm humbled that he would allow me to love even one of his, one of his children. So it's an honor. Yeah. What I love is that, you know, we never know where we are in the process. I mean, working with teen moms, I remember I'd go in and I'd think, okay, everyone's going to transform. We're all going to do some makeovers here on your hearts. And um, you know, some girls were more open. Some girls were very closed. And I found, you know, maybe five years later, one of the young moms would come and like, remember what you said at that meeting? And I'm like, yes. well, that sounds like something I would say, right. but that was five years ago. Mm -hmm. But we never know when we're in the process and how God will just um, use us. And so, you know, we are 
you're just supposed to be faithful, like you said, and do the work that he's called us to do. And we don't know 20 years from now, they might remember back and something that we said or something what we did or pointed them in the right direction or the words that we wrote, how God um, will use that for his glory. You know, it's funny. I always laugh because youth ministry, I would always think, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to teach them all of these great theological you know, whatever, and, and they're going to memorize 97 scriptures in the Greek and the Hebrew. But that's that's really not ministry. You know, ministry is doing life like Jesus mm-hmm. did life. You know, you're in the trenches, you're pumping gas, you're picking up, you know, prom dresses with the girls, you're going to cheer them on at the basketball, you know, games. Yes, you can still pray in the car as you're teaching them how to drive, but that's really the ministry. And I think so many of us think, oh, I'm not qualified. You know, because either I haven't led us in this life or I haven't been to seminary or whatever. And that's not that's not it at all, Tricia. You know, it's are you willing to love and to show grace and to pray and to mm-hmm. cheer and to speak the, the words of, of the scriptures that you do? Know? That's right. what ministry is about, is really just living life with these people. And so, yeah, I will still hear from some of these girls that I mentored, you know, way back in the day and I see them on my social media feeds. And many of them have married and um, just godly men. They've got children. And it just like I have tears to see because my, my part in their lives was just a small little snapshot, you know, and God is the one that has continued to sustain them. And so again, it's an honor, I think, for any of us to, to right. see, wow, you know, God may use me for just a week, or maybe he'll use me for more in somebody's mm. life. But um, again, to let that go and to just love and to trust God with what he's going to do with their future. Oh, that is so good. That is so good for all of us who try to, you don't just reach out to people because it's not always, not, not always as easy right. as we would like it to be. But I want to talk about your own life too, because I know sure. I love to hear the story about um, Chad still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I know for many years, you even wondered if marriage yes. was in, was in God's design for you too. Yes. In fact, one of the chapters I talk about, I was a bridesmaid. Gosh, I keep getting this number mixed up because I honestly have lost track. But I would say 12, 13 times I was a bridesmaid before I walked down the aisle in my own white dress. And and that was that was cool. um, because, again, I was in ministry. Um, you know, I, I like to think I'm a nice person. You know, I kept thinking, what is wrong with me, God? Like, I mean, I had dated pretty much everybody in Phoenix, it felt like. Hallelujah. And Phoenix is a big place, you know? And <laughs> I was like, what is wrong? Why are you not allowing this for me? And well, we know part of the reason now is because Chad is an Air Force guy. So guess where he was? He was deployed, you know, around the world, like saving the world, as I always right. like to say. And so, you know, you, we see now, of course, it's easier to say that on this side. But at the time, there were things that God needed to work out in my own life and in my own ministry and God was doing a work in Chad's life and in you know having him fight and be gone and thank gosh I didn't have to be married and wait through all of those deployments so God kind of actually shielded me um, you know by having me wait but again we didn't know that mm. at the time um, I kept thinking it was because of something I was doing or you know and I have to see it no that's just actually part of God's design right. for me and thank goodness I had all those years of singleness because that is the strength that I'm drawing on now as a married woman who, well, is still spending a lot of her marriage with two kids by myself because he's still all over the world saving (laughs) women. And so had I not had all those single years of really developing my walk with the Lord and knowing Mm -hmm. that as great as Chad Steele is, as godly as he is, as handsome as he is, he is not my savior. 
I already have right. one. And so that is what those precious single years have taught me that I didn't see at the time, but that God see is redesigning me through now. Um, and so that's how we kind of survive because military life, I'm sure you've had other guests on here before, but it is not easy. Um, we are told to move when they want us to move to places we don't always want to move. Deployments can happen at a drop of a hat. Um, you know, they can ruin Christmas, anniversaries. And so I, I cannot take that out you know, on my, on my husband, I have got to come back to Christ and, and use him to, you know, fill me and to give me security. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I mean, like you said, it could happen the drop of a hat. You can, you're sitting around, you know, for a holiday meal and okay, the phone rings and Chad is gone. Yep. yep there you yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I thought, well, now I see, you know, God, now I see that those years when I was single and at the church were training ground for what was to come. And I'm so grateful that God knows what he's doing. Amen. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. So fun. I mean, we've known each other for many years. Yeah. I mean, I think, how old is Kate? Cause she was yeah, two. She's eight. So, so six years. Okay. So six years. Yeah. Um, and just, we, you know, we've talked yes. writing, we've talked books and I know yes. just the journey and you have been so, I mean, there's times, right. seasons right. where you're like, I can't do this right now. Like right. I just need to wait on God for the right season, but it was so fun today. I went to Amazon and I typed in Tracy still and your little book popped up with the amazing cover that I love so much. So you guys need to go to the show notes and look at the cover. Um, Cause I love it. It's called a redesigned life uncovering mm-hmm. God's purpose yep. when life doesn't go as planned. <laughs> so uh, just tell, let's talk about your heart behind the book. We, we already talked about a lot about when life doesn't go as planned, but I think it's such a unique book because you are able to use your design skills to bring out so much about how God designs right. our lives. Well, and that was one of the things that I noticed when I was, I was also a speaker. So I actually have done more speaking than the writing. So I know Tricia has encouraged me to now call myself a speaker and writer, yeah. not just a speaker. <laughs> but one of the things that would come up as I am going around the nation and speaking and teaching at different things was women would kept saying, you know, I don't understand life. Like I love God. Like I am trying to do all of the things and this isn't going the way I had planned. And if I'm really honest with you, Tracy, where is God? You know, does mm-hmm. he see me? Does he care that this has fallen apart? And so in this book, I'm looking at things like broken dreams and grief and loss and marriage and motherhood. And what, like you said, what makes it unique, what makes it creative. I've tried to be, you know, there's some funny parts in there and then there's some serious. It's some heart and a humor, as one of my endorsers said. Um, But I wanted to put a designer spin on maybe some of the things that we have seen to kind of give you a different way of looking at the personhood and the ways that God moves in and out of our lives as he is redesigning us. So there are six design principles within this book, and these are the same six design principles that I would use as I was out designing different interior spaces um, for my clients. And so I started thinking about, you know, does God use some of these same principles in our lives as he is moving us throughout the designs that he has planned for us? Does he use movement? Does he use emphasis? Does he use patterns? Does he use contrast? Well, yes, he does. And so this book then is a fusion of interior design with Bible and some theology, but it really the heart of it, instead of, again, because there's so many books out there right now that focus on us and what we should be doing. And I wanted to turn the tables and say, maybe we should do a little bit less and actually focus on God and what he is doing and how he is doing it. If we really want to find contentment as we are living this life, we did not design. And so that's the book in a nutshell. Yeah. And just going through it, I'm like, 
blown away and I'm like she's right <laughs> she's right like I can see this around me but even in nature you see this thing you see patterns you do you see I mean another thing you talk about is space you know you see I mean you see all these yeah. things in nature in design and it's like oh wait our lives like God is a masterpiece he created with words and these beautiful things and why would we not realize that this is our life too so it's kind of like a little bit mind-blowing Aww. for me Tracy when I'm like oh my Goodness, look yeah. at this. Look at the pattern. So, yeah, let's. I keep mentioning patterns. Absolutely. So, let's talk about that one because explain a little bit about what you mean about God designing and using pattern in our life. Yeah. And, and like you just hinted at, it's a very visual book uh, because some of us are visual learners. I am one of them. And so, I think perhaps maybe one of the more easier chapters to grasp quickly um, is the patterns chapter because I think we all know what patterns are, right? Whether it's plaid, whether it's polka dot, whether it's paisley. My hope is with these chapters, every time you see a real physical pattern, you're going to remember, oh, God wants to communicate with me when life doesn't make sense. Okay. So what mm. I'm talking about in these chapters, there's two sort of patterns that I pick apart. Um, and this one really has to deal with the patterns of who God is actually. And if some of you have been around, you've studied scripture a lot, you're going to know that God is very open about who he is in the pages of our Bibles, right? And so he is going to use different words to describe who he is to us. And hence he's got a pattern. And so I talk about three, I think it's three or four different patterns of God throughout scriptures. Um, again, God's pattern of forgiveness is one. God's pattern of fun is another. And I give you some key words to look up in the Bible as you are studying so that every time you see that, those words throughout scripture, you can say, ah, look, here's another pattern about God so that when life doesn't go as you planned and you are wondering where in the world is God at, you can remember the patterns and stick to those patterns. Um, So that is one part of that chapter. The other side to this is the patterns that pertain to us. So here's the difference where the patterns with God are always usually positive. <laughs> Sometimes the patterns that we can find ourselves mm-hmm. in, Tricia, are not so positive, whether that's the way we think or that's the way we behave. So again, I'm trying to, from an application standpoint, allow you guys right. a chance to find some patterns throughout scripture that can help you to undo maybe some negative behaviors or negative thought patterns that you might be struggling with. So you can replace them then with the positive patterns of God. Because in design, patterns serve a purpose. They create interest. They create fun. They create variety. And the patterns throughout scripture, whether they be about God or about ourselves, are there for a reason. To prove that God exists. To prove that he longs to communicate with us. And as we talk about in the book, sometimes they also make life pretty fun and interesting. Yeah, it's so good. And I mean, I just love how you first talk about God. And I think you're right. So many books that we pick out is this is how you do this. And this is how you do that. And you're going to do this in amazing ways because you are (laughs) amazing. Right, right. And God does love us, right? Like he does think that. But I'm trying to argue we need to bring God back in to the things that we are doing. Now, there are practical tips that we can do sprinkled throughout the book. There are also these things called muse minutes, which are actually at the end of every chapter that do allow you to stop and kind of rehash what the principle was about and different questions to help you think deeper about your own walk. So yes, there is personal stuff in there, but at the end of the day, I feel like as as a culture, we really need to go back to who God is and grow in our knowledge of him and not leave him out when we are in pain because we cannot find everything we need within ourselves, within our spouses, within our best friends, even within our kids, Tricia. 
it is with God, period. He is our creative creator, and we are made in his image. And so that's why a lot of this book really focuses back on him. Yeah, it's so good. I love that. And I mean, and then when you talk about patterns, um, you, it's just amazing how you can see these in your life. And you go back and look at look at your own yes. lives and the patterns that God has had. And just whether you obey or not, like, yes. makes a really big difference. Right. Um, so I love it. It, is, it does get us to look at that, too. Okay, I want to talk about... Um, the space Mm because I think this is something um that we often just overlook um so you talk about filling yourself with God as you grieve um and I know that you have a lot of personal a lot of personal story that goes with that so why don't you share a little bit about that these were definitely they're the very last two chapters um in the book um and these were the hardest to write because as you know Trisha um my mother we call her Foxy Roxy, just so your listeners mm-hmm. know. Her real name is Roxy, but we just always love to call her Foxy Roxy. I uh, know she was a fun gal. <laughs> she was a, a grade school teacher for many, many years, um, but she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so she, you know, went through several years of chemo and radiation and went into remission for about five years. And so we all kind of went, okay, okay, I think we may have gotten this beaten. Um, And then unfortunately, no, it came back. And when, by the time the doctors found it, it had spread all over into Mm -hmm. organs, to her spine. Eventually it spread up into her brain. Uh, So she actually had to have part of her brain removed. We really thought that she probably, you know, wouldn't even survive that. She did. She woke up quoting Isaiah 41.10. So talk about a woman who knew the word of God. Amen. Um, And she was just an inspiration to so many people. But six years ago and about the time that we, well, it was around the time that we met you in Little Rock, um, Jesus called her home. And, you know, she was my biggest cheerleader. And I know that if she were to see this book, she would just be celebrating so big right now. But God took her home before I was ready um, to say goodbye. And so I'm very real about, you know, my life has been, there's been a lot of great things and God has given me tons of blessing. There's also been some deep loss in my life and some deep grief that I know many of you listening can understand and identify with me. And it's very hard again, Mm -hmm. as you know, this book's primarily written to Christian women. Okay. That, you know, as a Christian to say, Lord, why, why her, you know, she's loved you. She served you. You know, you go on social media on mother's day. It's a hard day for me because I get to see, you know, all these people that maybe, you know, don't have faith and they're still healthy. And so, you know, these are very real things that all of us mm-hmm. are going to wrestle with in our you know, life. And so that's what I wrote about in space, because from a design standpoint, again, space, there's positive space and negative space. And so positive space is the objects that we can see, the chairs that we're sitting on. But negative space is all of that which we cannot see. But negative space exists to draw your focus to what is positive. It draws your focus to the positive space. And so, again, in the same way, God is the positive space of our lives and loss and negative space and all the things that we are grieving. They serve a purpose, and that is to draw the eyes of our heart back onto him who is our positive space. Yeah. And really, if we just had positive space, positive space, positive, we wouldn't, we wouldn't need God. Like we would not need him. (laughs) Yeah. We're like, we're good. Life is great. We don't need, we don't need God. We don't need, I mean, and we still, I mean, we still be Christian. Right. (laughs) But you know, it is really during those hard, hard times when we just humble ourselves and seek him and need him more than ever and I just after adopting all these kids I'm like what in the world is happening (laughs) like I need you so much God um and it is it it draws us to him and it 
it does point out his goodness in our lives, even right. when things right. are really, really hard. Because grief, it, it wakes us up. You know, it really causes us to to kind of question a lot of things. To I, I write about this too in these chapters that um, you know before this happened, I would say my my faith was was pretty shallow, um, but after this, it has deepened. Because I have seen God comfort and provide through mm-hmm. friends, through just, I mean, stuff in the mail. Like I could just go on and on for hours just on this alone. Um, but it has drawn me even closer to him because I allowed it to. I didn't allow it to make me bitter or push him away. Like I had to invite him into that. And that's really what I want to try to hit home is we do have a choice, Tricia, in those seasons where we do not understand. And the grief is so hard and the depression is so hard. But we have a choice to either invite God into that right? Or we can say, nope, I'm done with you. Um, and so it's hard. This, these were hard chapters. I yeah. don't claim to be a grief expert by any means, but I can tell you that being in the valley with the Lord, it was not maybe the funnest, if that's even a, a right word, the funnest season of my life, but it was probably one of the finest because I learned how to grieve with others. I learned how to have empathy and sympathy in ways that never, ever could have right. happened had I not lost my mom. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, all of us experience that, but often we don't talk about it. So I think it is so mm-hmm. helpful, you know, just to read and, and see, okay, Tracy went through this and yeah. I understand that. Like I, I've been there too. Yes. Um, this is a struggle. And then just work through some of those things. Cause you know, sometimes it, it pulls us down and we just like, I just need to pull myself up by my bootstraps. Right. I just need to go forward. Like I need to forget right. all those things, but no, we right. really need to contemplate them. We need to work through them right. with God. And I think this book, um, is a wonderful way to do that. And I also think it, this is a great book to read with friends, to talk about these principles and talk about our lives. Because, uh, you know, if you have eight friends, every one yes. of them is going to be in yes. a different chapter. <laughs> like, you know, we're not all on the same journey, but we could share where we are and what God is doing in our lives and how he is um, redesigning us. And it is so encouraging. Like when I, yes. you, I mean, you and I will get on the phone sure. and talk for an hour and like, this is what God's doing and this and that. But it just helps like to know um, that, that someone else is going through these things. And so I love that you went first and you went, you put your heart on the paper for readers out there so that they have an opportunity to open up and to share their hearts and hopefully connect mm-hmm. um, not only with you, which of course we want that as authors for them to, you know, read our words and yes. be able to help them, but also take the book and connect with yes. a girlfriend and really share like what is God doing in your life too yes and that's that's why those muse minutes again are there you know in the back of the chapters um this would make a great you know um bible study discussion group or, or book club you know any of those kinds of things I think this would work well um for that because again it's even written in a conversational style um so and I know several of you mm-hmm. that know me are like it sounds like you're really just talking off the page you know so <laughs> hopefully I've done it in a way that it is conversational and it's welcoming because this is me. I mean, this is really me on the page. And it's just, it's so awesome to see, even though those years were very dark and those years, and Mm -hmm. and there are still moments where a song will trigger me or Mother's Day, even though I have two beautiful children, it is still a very hard day for me. But now to see that cancer will not have the last say here. It has taken enough and God has had a purpose for every single tear that I shed as I watched her go through those chemo. If it can encourage one person, you know, out in the world somewhere, then it is worth it to me. And it just makes it that much more special. And again, it's, it's the purpose of God for my life, you know, was to walk through this. He will not waste it. And even though the world may go on, 
and it will once you know those of us who have lost people god still sees our loss and i write this in the chapter that what who or what we have lost it matters to god you know precious are the death of his saints that's what psalm 116 promises and so even if other people leave us nutrition god never will he is still with us in that valley that is so good so so, so many good things and I'm just flipping through the pages now I'm like oh we could talk yeah. about this and we could talk about that <laughs> but um I mean they just need to pick up the book because you know yeah. we would be here all day just yes. going over yes. these things so um but for for the you know just, just speaking directly to the listener out there that maybe is wondering where God is in the design of her life what would you say to her right now I would say to keep trusting you know this isn't about slapping a smile on our face and ignoring it this is about being real with our God, seeking after him, watching for him. Again, that's why I've given us several visual things to look to as reminders that God is present, that he has a purpose, and to trust in that purpose because life isn't going to make sense. Life is going to surprise us. But at the end of the day, mm -hmm. God uses these principles so that our focus of our mind, the focus of our heart, and the focus of our home can always be on him because as I said at the beginning everything else it will flail it will just be flimsy but God is where is that everything is at <laughs> he's just it and so that's what I want to encourage people is to keep going to just trust and wait God because he is moving he sees and he has a purpose for it all yeah one of the quotes you have is um, the more we focus on God the more content and peaceful we become in the middle of life's surprises and detours so you summed it up right there, just in what you were saying, and it yeah. goes along with what you That's what you right. wrote in the book. That is, we need to lift our focus, put our focal point um, on God, and then just that trust. Yes. And the more that we are willing to look at Him, yes. the more our trust will grow. Right. Um, and you know, He does have a good design and a good plan that we see it in His Word. We see it in our lives. And I, I just thank you, friend, for I know putting down your heart on this on the page and put it in the pages of this book. I know it's gonna bless and encourage oh, it's a lot been an of honor and fun so thank you for telling me i was a writer all those years ago trisha <laughs> i know you were I, I told right you. no you're Crazy. right no it's, it's an honor it's an honor to share <laughs> and I, I pray even this podcast has been a blessing so yeah absolutely well let us um know where we can go to get more information about your book Sure. Yeah, it's, it's available for pre-order now. Of course, depending on when this airs, it will be available for sale everywhere books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Christian Book Distributors, Baker um, House Books. It, it can be picked up anywhere from there. You can also visit me on my website at tracymsteel.com. So there's a book page there at the top. You just touch on the tab. It'll take you to a redesigned life. And you can see right now we've some pre-order bonus goodies that are up. So those include a free companion Bible study that I've also made these cute little cards, Trisha, that are trendy paint samples. So they're like little pairs of paint colors that go together on one side of the card. On the other, there's a proverb. So you've got some paint for your heart and some proverbs for your heart cards. And I thought those were really cute. Um, and then I'm also doing a giveaway for some free design consultations. So there you go for those who pre-order. So if anybody wants help with redesigning that one room, they can pre-order and be entered in a giveaway for that. Okay. So yeah, we need to work this where, you know, because I'm your friend. Yeah, I don't no, know. Because I'm your friend, like you just need to come over and help me design. And then I'll. And okay, I'll I can do that. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's right. <laughs> I cannot cook. That was not one of the things that God had designed for me. Okay, <laughs> he's like, you just need to stay out of the kitchen. You can make it look pretty, but you ain't cooking in it. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Well, thank you, Tracy, so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. 
I am so thankful for my friend Tracy and thankful for her sharing her heart. I'm thankful for her pouring her words on the page. And I know, like she's saying, her husband is gone so much. She has these kids. God has led her into a season of having often to struggle through these valleys alone, but he has been with her. And I'm just so proud of her. I'm so proud of how God is using her. Now, one thing that I really want to um, just thank Tracy for is her willingness to talk about the hard part of grieving, to understand that God is there who gives and comforts and restores back those who grieve and experience loss. And that's all of us. That's all of us. I remember sitting at my grandpa's side um, as he passed away and remembering as we're sitting there waiting for his last breaths and just feeling the presence of heaven in that room and almost feeling like there's an angel hovering over my shoulder. It was a moment where heaven touched earth and I realized like, what are we doing? Heaven is so close. But then the months came where I grieved when I missed my grandpa. He was really the one man in my life um, that really just loved me. And I would sit on his lap and sit beside him as he shelled walnuts. I mean, watch Lawrence Welk together, all these things. And there is that loss. There is that grief. And like Tracy, maybe if you lost someone that to cancer or um, even lost relationships. We've had that in our own family, broken relationships where family members who you know, vowed to love and cherish, walk away and the heartache that that comes. So I just encourage you to consider uh, picking up Tracy's book, but also to remember that God is there even in your grief. And I love um, this scripture from Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff they comfort me. Tracy says, the Bible has much to say about death and our God within its pages. I pray specifically for those of you who are in the midst of grieving loss of any kind, that these words will somehow bring comfort to you. I am truly sorry for your loss. And I love that, that she wrote that. And she goes on to say, I am in the valley with you, but I refuse to be defined by the valley. And I am growing in my appreciation of its depth and its beauty. The valley is where I found my faith to be genuine and to be my guide when I cannot see. When the negative quenches the warm and fuzzy, my faith nudges me to cling tighter to my creative creator, and so I do. He is everything to me. He is the positive space or the focal point of my life. Um, and I just think it's so, so important for, for people like Tracy to share this, to point us to God, to be in the focal point of our life, to remind us that he is creating something beautiful, even in the hard things with losing her mom, who we call Foxy Roxy. There are so many of us. Um, but if this is you, I just want to pray today. So dear God, I just thank you so much for my friend who is walking in this valley or has walked through this valley, or maybe there's just that echo of darkness in one corner of my friend's heart that is just not understanding how you can let hard things happen to good people. I thank you, Lord, that even though we live in a broken world where there is death, where there is sin, where there is people who we love who choose to walk away, there's so much darkness that you are our light. You are our good shepherd. You are guiding us. You're comforting us, that your um, rod is there for protection for us that will keep out that darkness. I thank you so much for my friend, Lord. I thank you for um, those listening. I thank you for my friend Tracy. And I just pray that in those moments when that grief touches us, whether it be Mother's Day or Father's Day or holidays, um, I know the grief often comes on my birthday when I realize that I don't have 
um, a dad that's going to show up and take me to lunch and do all those things. I just thank you, Lord. I thank you that you can be there and that's okay. We can, we can have those feelings of loss. We don't need to ignore them, but we can also turn to you for our comfort. I pray that you'll be with all my friends listening today. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much to tuning in to Walk It Out. I pray that you will be encouraged. I pray that you will, like Tracy, continue to walk out the calling that God has put on you, even though you feel like you are trudging through. Um, you know, I met Tracy, you know, seven years ago. It's taken this long for her to get the, the messages that God had and to work on the book and to find an agent and work on the proposal and all those things. These things don't happen overnight. But I am so thankful that my friend stuck to it. She knew the messages that God put on her heart. She worked at it. She sat in those lonely hours in front of her computer so she can offer hope and help to other people. Now, if you, again, want a chance to write and to get information and to connect with me, um, you can check out my subscription group. That's writethatbook.club. There's information in the show notes. And also you can always email hello at trishagoyer.com. Ask any questions about the group. We would love to have you. So thank you so much, friends, for being a part of Walk It Out. I pray that your walk this week will be alongside Jesus as he leads you through every hill, every valley, every dark place, every light place you in Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.